When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Woo! Robbie, pumping us up for Friday morning. Welcome into the show. This is Izzy and Ricardo on SCNZ Breakfast on your Friday. And not just any old Friday, Izzy. Mm. Super Rugby Pacific Day. Yeah, it's here, isn't it? It's here. The Crusaders jumped on their kite and uh, they've made it way to, their ways to ha- their way to Hamilton, take on the Chiefs. So it's a hell of a start. It's, yeah, it's finally here. And then, well, next week we got the NRL, well, in a couple of weeks' time. So, mate, it's all coming up nice and closely, getting here to the time of the year where everyone loves to be able to watch some footy and a bit of rugby and then plenty of racing action as well. So, uh, yep, it's here. The Hurricanes are over in uh, Western Australia and uh, a place where they've um, you know, gone pretty reasonably well over the last couple of years, but they've got a new number nine and, yeah, that gives me a few question marks. But, mate, it's here. It it's is here. here. That new number nine, um, mm. uh, Vil Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. He, uh, his granddad was a springbok. And mm. his family moved here when he was, I think, about eight. And he was yep. part of the New Zealand under-20 setup last year. Mm. They went down to 20 World Cup. It didn't go great. And the forward pack got out-muscled a bit. But, uh, yeah, Geordie Viljohn, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Yeah, because most, uh, most of that competition, yeah, Noah Hotham, that was playing at nine, so a part of that team. So, yeah, I haven't seen anything of Viljohn. But, mate, that's a... It's a very famous name from South Africa. Uh, plenty of halfbacks have played with that uh, surname. So, yeah, I'll be watching with interest because I know TJ Piranala's teed up with Harry Godfrey, who we had on the show yesterday. They're playing for uh, the Hurricane Hunters. And, um, yeah, so he'll be chomping at the bit to get back in there. And Cam Roygaard on the bench, I'm thinking that was an interesting um, take from Clark Laidlaw from, to, from the outset. But, you know, Cam Roygaard, what he can bring in. Bring that uh, punch off the bench. Where's Jamie Booth? Is he injured? He's injured, and I don't think he's there anymore. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be that'll he be was up in, <laughs> Yeah, there. he's up in. Uh, he's up in North Harbour. He was playing for North Harbour. But yeah, I, I, I don't think he's there. But correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he's moved on. Because they've got three contracted halfbacks. Geordie Viljohn mm. is not one of them. So they brought mm. him outside the contracted players to play this game. Well, he might be injured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boothie might be injured because he went relatively well, or he might not have got contract. I, last time I seen him was in Auckland, so and I'm pretty sure we covered this conversation, but I can't remember. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. though. caught me by surprise. Yeah, well, I mean, they've said that the reason that Cameron Roy not starting is because he had a niggle in preseason and didn't play as much as they wanted him to in preseason. Mm. So the, yeah. I, I get that. And if TJ, they obviously don't think TJ is fully back to back up to speed yet. 
Well, you just don't want to put that pressure. Guy's been out of the game for 18 months, mm. came back too early with his knee, um, had to go again and get under the knife and get it done. So you know, no point rushing him. It's a big season, and you've got you know arguably two of the best halfbacks in the competition, and you don't want to rush them. You start of the season, you want to hit the ground running, get the results. The team they've taken over there, they believe they can get the results. Um, but Western Australia, hot conditions, pretty hostile environment. It's a it's a difficult start for the Hurricanes, but um, I think that Clark Law and the, and the crew have got a plan in place. That team position is probably the position that's going to be hotly contested. We had, you know, like I said earlier, Harry Godfrey, he's playing in 10. He's come on and said he wants to be in the team position. They've got Brett Cameron, they've got Ruben Love, they've got Aidan Morgan, uh, and no one's really put their hand up to say, this is my jersey, get in line and wait for me um, to, to wait for me to... Have your turn. So, yeah, I'll be watching that uh, position with a little bit of interest. Other than that, they're pretty, um, pretty solid outfit. Yeah, very solid outfit. And actually, got some news, some news uh, out of the Western Force, mate. Isaac Rotter has been mm. pulled out. He's been scratched for this game. Mm, the big lock. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's a big loss. The lock's probably a department that. The Western Force have, you know, they've had Jeremy Thrush yep. that uh, they've had to pull off, um, you know, pull in a couple of times. So I think, uh, is it Tom Franklin's over there at the moment? Tom yeah. Franklin used to play for the Hollanders, New Zealand Māori, he's been over in Japan. He's in there. Ben Fennell, if you remember Ben Fennell, he's played 90 games for the Crusaders. He got called in um, in January to fly over and uh, be a part of the Western Force. So Simon Cron. He's the new coach. He's just been signed on. He's um, yeah, he's digging deep to get some personnel over there. Yeah, um, but he's done. He's done all right. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how that first game goes. It's it's actually this show is uh, pretty super rugby heavy, as you'd imagine. Mm. We've got Reese Patchell, uh, who uh, obviously a Welsh international has come over to play for the Highlanders. Been named to start at ten uh, against Moana this weekend. And uh, you, I said to you yesterday, you couldn't be on this because I had to pre-record the interview yesterday. I said, anything you wanted me to ask him? And so I asked you him. You didn't ask him. I no, asked him. Didn't. I asked him. <laughs> you did not. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good. Um, so I do I do the breakfast show with Israel Dagg. I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's run around me a couple of times. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Funny you should say that because I said, is there anything you want me to ask Reese? And he goes, ask him if he remembers the goosey I put on him in Dunedin. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember Bender scoring against me in Dunedin as well. It's what I would say though, is he didn't score because I held him up over the line. <laughs> oh, hey, I said that off air. I said that off air, and you've gone and embarrassed me like, Ricardo, I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, he's sitting there on the other side of the phone going, Are you kidding me? You arrogant human Israel. And you've just gone and done that. Well, to be fair, I didn't even get to say it because I said, I asked him, you know, I said, Do you remember Israel Dang? And he went, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he ran around me a few times. And I was like, Okay, right. Well, you know, that's okay then because you've said it. <laughs> oh mate, oh, what else did you say? When are we playing that? Six forty. Six forty. Yay! Yeah. I was taking my cans off because you're just going to throw me under the bus. No, mate. No, you're all right. You're all right. We we said that uh, like I literally because I was pre-recording that he literally just picked up the phone and hand been handed over and we were just yarning and I was, I was, I was like oh I might ask you about this later on and he was like yeah, yeah cool 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 so no nah, but he's good he's a good man. 
Oh. Rhys Patchell, I'll tell you what, uh, from the sounds of things, everything he, he mentioned Kenny Lynn a couple of times, and uh, yeah. and and the, and the sunscreen situation at the Highlanders. So we'll uh, we can yeah. talk about that as well. Uh, also, Paul Tito. Speaking of gingers, uh, the biggest ginger well, of them all. Sunscreen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul Tito from the Blues on with us after seven as well. And uh, John, just just on that, yeah. I, mean, I first met Paul Tito at the Hurricanes, and uh, I was a young kid. I was only nineteen, and you speaking about hur- um, the sun. Sunshine and the heat. Well, we're in the changing rooms, and Paul's wrapped up from head to toe. And I'm like, "What are you up to, you guys?" Oh, Diggy, big yellow, big yellow. You know, big yellow. I'm like, "Who's big yellow?" He's like, "Big yellow out there." I said, "Oh, the sun." He goes, "Yeah, yeah." He's angry today. He is angry today. So he's just slip, slop, slap everything, getting his body, uh, body covered. So you want to know people that don't go well in the sunshine? There's Paul Tito. All right. Well, Paul Tito's on with us after seven talk of blues. Johnny Brace was going to break things up for us uh, and talk some cricket at seven forty, and then after eight o'clock, uh, the editor. Rugby News Magazine. Their latest issue is out mm. now. It's got all the news that you need, all the information on the squads for Super Rugby Pacific as well. And uh, you and he, is he a new feature that we're going to do every Friday? You're going to go head to head with somebody every Friday picking Super Rugby results for that yeah. weekend. Okay. And so yep. we'll do that after 8 o'clock. We'll go through the games and uh, see how you guys get on. So that is what is coming up on the show. Let's crack into this. Round one. Triple threat, the three big questions of the day. James Fisher-Harris, Kiwi's captain, reckons Nelson Asofa-Solomona would be the league star most likely to make it in the WWE. This is off the back of uh, Daniel Vito, the ex-Canberra Raiders player, making it in the WWE. Uh, Who would you rate from Super Rugby? Who do you reckon would would give it a good go? I can understand the reasoning why. He's a big, giant human. But the only downside to that pick is you've got to have a presence. And when I say a presence, you've got to have a personality presence. You've got to come in with a character, you know, someone that's got a bit of difference about them. And Nelson does a wee bit. Tall big man. We've seen what he can do in Bali. So he can punch, he can fight. Um, (laughs) So for me, I kind of looking for characters in, in Super Rugby. And I've come up with three. Mm. And I've come up with three of the biggest characters in Super Rugby that I feel could entertain, um, you know, do a little pole driver, a little choke slam kind of situation. So I've gone for Naitoa the Koi Reaper. Ooh. Naitoa the Koi Reaper. Yes. So Naitoa Koi. Yeah, I've chucked him in there. He's big, long hair. He's got the big dreads. He wears, um, you know, nail polish with all different colours, so he's not afraid of getting a bit of gold dust about him and uh, getting out there and, and, and having a wee go. So I've gone Naitoa, the Koi Reaper, and I've also chucked Angus Ta'aval Ooh, in yeah. there. Yeah, I think Angus uh, would go pretty pretty good in, in the wrestling ring. Look, his mouth would do all the talk, uh, all the all the wrestling. Let's be honest; can talk himself out of any situation. And then I've gone, George, take a bow, Bower. Ooh, George, like take even a bow, got the Bower. nicknames. I like the I like the thought you put into this. <laughs> yeah. George, take a bow, Bower. I think um, he'll come in. He'll bring a little bit of Pacific flavour. He'll dance his way to the ring and then probably get tapped out after about 30 seconds. But if not, before he does his finishing move, which is the bow driver, yeah. he's going to bow at the opponent and then get in there and, and, and do what he needs to do. So I think those three, uh, if I was going to pick a couple, they're in the Fords. 
you know, Fords are, are the tough ones out there. We ain't going to get any any first fives having a crack. You know, first fives, halfbacks, they could probably be a Shawn Michaels, you know, entertainer, the sweet chin music, you know, kind of something like that. But, uh, yeah, I've gone for the big boys in this, this mean, situation. If, if you want a mouth that Cadool is wrestling for, surely TJ Perinata would be up there. Oh, yeah, he'd, he'd mouth his way. <laughs> TJ, the mouth of the, TJ, the mouth of the South. <laughs> Perinata, boom, boom, <laughs> sorted. Round two. Ah, man, there are bonuses and there are bonuses, but I don't know if you read this story, but um, when uh, the uh, UFC uh, put on Mm. the big fight that everybody wanted to see and Conor McGregor was running his mouth like never before uh, and then got beaten by Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov, uh, Vladimir Putin turned around and gave Khabib $20 It's like, it's a, here you go, well done, 20 million. Apparently he was on the phone to him before he even got back to the locker room. Mate. There are bonuses and there are bonuses. super to take that money, would you? You're, you're pretty much his now. Well, Given yeah. That. yeah well, that. Khabib said afterwards, apparently, that he got not only got that, he said, but he got showered with gifts from leaders from around the world, mainly from the Muslim world, because of some of the things that McGregor had said about his faith in the lead-up. So he said, it doesn't matter where I go, if I go somewhere that's a Muslim country, I get given gyms, I get given money, I get given gifts everywhere I go. Wow. Well, that's um, the kind of McGregor effect, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, he's, he's like the ultimate villain. But on that, I, I was reading a story about this because they've been talking about whether or not there'll ever be a rematch or that if Conor will go back to the ring. But I was saying Conor McGregor's net worth now is mm. 300 million US. He basically lives on a boat in the uh, in the Greek island somewhere. Yeah. Um, if you got 300 million in the bank... Are you ever jumping back in the octagon? You reckon we'll ever see Conor McGregor fight again? Nah. Nah. If I've got $300 million in the bank, I'm never getting up at 4.40 in the morning ever again. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. So, no, he's not going to go and fight again. Why would he go fight? Like, everyone's asking. Everyone knows if they get an opportunity to fight Conor McGregor, they're going to get paid because he is the biggest name in the UFC at the moment. And, and the UFC, no disrespect, but it's kind of taken a bit of a hit. Lately, they've lost some big names, you know. Izzy's not fighting. Um, you, you go to the heavyweights. There's no real big heavyweights. They had, um, you know, Nganu's gone to boxing. This, it's just, yeah, taking a bit of a hit at the moment. And Conor McGregor, he's got 300 million. He's got proper whiskey, sold for plenty. He is arguably the biggest athlete name in the world. Wherever he goes, he's going to get an attraction. He's going to get... Um, publicity and people want a piece of him. So why would he go and get his head smacked in and broken leg and sitting on the ground having a little whinge or getting choked out when he could just sit on his yacht and look in his bank account and just see it ticking away and getting bigger and bigger? Mm. So nah, I don't see him coming back and fighting. Round three. Now the big boss of New Zealand rugby, Mark Robinson, is off to meet all the power brokers of world rugby in the UK this weekend. They'll be talking about all sorts on field, off field. If you could make one change to rugby right now, on field or off field, what would it be? What would you be getting into Mark Robinson's ear about? Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Well, he's got a whiteboard. Hang on. Where did this come from? (laughs) He's got a whiteboard. (laughs) Okay. Where do we start here, Robbo? Um, for me, the number one is TMO input. 
get rid of the TMO, Mike, to the referee. Get rid of it. So he can't have any say, and the referee is doing all the officiating. So get rid of the TMO having any influence during the game, for one. So we can just have a flowing game. And the uh, only time the TMO comes in is when, uh, in the lead, uh, after a try has been scored, you're going to go back two phases and lead up to the try, and that's the only time. So get rid of the TMOs, Mike to the referee. There is still a place for a TMO in the game, I feel, but not every single phase and not every single moment of the game. I think that'll go a long way. And also the cards situation, yeah. scrap red cards. Get rid of red cards. Get rid of them. Yellow card, yes. Get rid of the red card. Chuck them on report. Goes really well in league. Bang, deal with it after the game so we're not losing uh, sometimes our best players, disrupting a, uh, a major contest a la the Rugby World Cup final. Get rid of it. Deal with it after the game when everything's done and dusted and then make those uh, um, deal with the consequences. So red cards scrapped for me. Scrum resets, no resets. As soon as the scrum goes down, free kick, can't reset it. You can't pick the option to reset the scrum. You can only kick it or tap it and go. Well, there you go. I asked for one and got three. Is he? Mate, that's going to speed the game up. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> the game, and if you want me to go, keep going on. He's up there in the north. Let's get some unity. Let's get some clarity. Let's get everyone on the same page, not worrying about their own backyard, and let's get a game that everyone wants to see. Clarity in the global calendar. Come Let, on, make it happen. Let's get Mark Robinson your whiteboard. That's what we need here. I hope you can take that as carry-on. Uh, <laughs> he can take that over to the UK with him. He flies out tomorrow morning. So we'll see what comes of that. want to hear from you, double eight, double three. If you could make one change to the game of rugby union right now, on-field or off-field, what would it be? Double eight, double three. Or if you're more interested in the wrestling... Which rugby player do you reckon they make the best wrestler? And have you got a nickname for them? Double eight, double three. Want to hear from you. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Get a few texts coming through. Is he on changes to the game of rugby you'd make overnight? Uh, Charlie's yeah. texted through. Penalty advantage. Five phases, then that's it. That's it. Advantage over. Oh, I think even five's too many, um, Charlie. I, I think we go less. Well, then we go, you know, two or three phases, and let's just move on. Because if you watch the way that, that teams play, when they've got advantage, they kind of know that that's always in the back of their mind. So they do things that they probably wouldn't do in the, in the past, you know, so they go away from, from the shape of the game. And so I think it's if you know if you've only got two or three phases, then you'll steal with it straight away. You might knock it on intentionally, whatever. But as soon as you go over that two or three phases, we move on. We move on to, to get things going and flowing. I think there was a game last year in, in New Plymouth. Uh, the Chiefs took on someone. I can't remember who it was. But they went like six, seven phases. They ended up pretty much on the other side of the field, 10 metres in front of where the advantage was, and the referee blew it up and ran about 60 metres back to go and um, take that penalty. So common sense needs to be in there, but there needs to be a, a strict criteria or a strict number of phases where they can move on. Totally love that. Keep them, sent, keep them coming through, double eight, double three. Well, your, your mate Dave in Karaka is uh, suggesting you need to dust off your passport, mate. <laughs> he says, Gee, good morning, boys. I think we need to send Izzy with Robbo. He's nailed it. Those ideas. Enjoy your weekend, boys, and good luck on the punt.
Yeah, cheers, cheers, Dave. Look, it's it's a hot topic at the moment. It's good to see the the big a big meeting that is taking place because there's just worrying concerns when you particularly look at the numbers of the NRL and the money that they're generating. Well, we've had a product, and we've had a product that's got comfortable, and we need to shift and move with the times and listen to the people. And the people are saying that the game has been stopped, start, and ruined constantly because of decisions out there on the park. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know, I mean, I mentioned it yesterday talking to guys who are born and bred rugby guys in in the northern hemisphere that are now watching NRL instead of rugby. Like it's one thing people in New Zealand and Australia doing it, but when it's spread up there, it's, you're like, hang on a minute, something's definitely wrong because even those guys are going, we're not enjoying this. Yeah, and he's not the only one. There's plenty around the country that have done something similar. And you know what? I'm a rugby through and through man, and I always will be, and I'll watch every game this weekend, oh, except for the Western Force game. That's at midnight. Come on. Um, but, yeah, you, you tend to get a bit frustrated and thinking, oh, yeah, this is just same old, same old. Well, the NRL is, is something different. So, um, yeah, I think there'll be plenty of that happening and, and the bosses are starting to take notice. They are indeed. Uh, i tell you what uh, else is happening this week, and we're talking a lot of Super Rugby, but we do have two more games in the Chapel Hadley series. The T20s both taking place at Eden Park tonight and Sunday. Uh, if you want to go, let us know. Okay, so all you've got to do is text the words SENZ and cricket. SENZ and cricket, plus your email address, and text that through to 8833. Also tell us if you want to go Friday or Sunday. So SENZ, cricket, Friday or Sunday, and your email address to 8833, and you're in to win a double pass to that game. A reminder, we do have live coverage of both those games right here on SENZ as well. Keep your texts rolling through, 8833. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Time for sports news headlines. The Bunnings Trade Expos are back, coming to Christchurch and to Auckland as well. And um, thanks to Aidan McLaughlin for this uh, piece of news. I'm just going to chuck in, given we've just been talking about Conor McGregor, is he? Yeah, yeah, no chance he's getting in the ring anytime soon. He's getting into acting. And uh, his first uh, acting job, we're about to see it in a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be, I think, it's not going, it's on Prime. Uh, It's Amazon Prime. It's not going to the picture theatres. It's... uh, how old do I sound? Same picture theatre, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a, it's a big movie. It's um, Prime Video going to be showing Jake Gyllenhaal is the star, um, mm. who's going to play an ex UFC fighter who ends up bouncer at this at at this Roadhouse. Uh, it's a remake of the old Patrick Swayze movie from the eighties, Roadhouse, and Conor McGregor is the big bad guy. Ah, okay, okay, go. yeah. Well, they, I've seen that actually um, during one of the UFC press events, weigh-ins. Jake Gyllenhaal um, was there, and he is looking absolutely stacked. So it's amazing how these actors can get their bodies into certain shapes to to play their role. Uh, but yeah, what well, Conor McGregor doesn't have to get hurt; just goes out there. What's his greatest asset, Conor McGregor? Being Conor McGregor, his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, he well, can talk. He can he can smooth people over so he'd be a perfect actor yeah I did have a look at the trailer for this a while ago actually I'd forgotten about it and um, I was like oh wow he's not really acting he's just been Conor McGregor 
Um, but yeah. you know, but that's fine. That's fine, and he's getting paid. So well done, good, mm. good, good on that man. Uh, some uh, rugby news for you: Wallaby centre Lalakai Foketi has been taken to hospital in an ambulance after suffering a neck injury at Waratah's training. Fakiti was treated for more than half an hour by medics after an apparently innocuous incident during training at the Waratahs base in Sydney on Thursday. Coach Darren Coleman said the 29-year-old had movement in his fingers and the star's wife would meet um, Fakiti at the hospital. Injury comes just two days before the TARS season opener, Super Rugby Clash against the Reds at Suncorp. Fakiti, a member of Australia's World Cup squad last year and scorer of the Wallabies' try of the season in 2022, had been named to start alongside Isaiah Parisi. Wow, that is devastating news there, Rick Dog, and a, and a huge loss for the Waratahs, but rugby aside, you know, just hope things um, are okay for Fakiti, and uh, he's a very good centre um, combination over there in, in Australia. So huge loss, but that aside, just hopefully it's not as bad as, um, I don't know if you remember the guy, Siti Taufua, mm-hmm. who played in Wellington. He's actually a part of the Hurricanes analysis team. Played him at Scott's College a couple of times. Well, he's had a similar situation where it was devastating, couldn't play the game again. He's he's walking, back walking, um, but he needs assistance with a walking stick. So... Look, early signs, we don't want to go down that track, um, but I hope things are all okay for him and, and his family. Indeed. And uh, there was um, Fatialofa, I think Michael Fatialofa. Peterson. Up in the UK. Yeah. Up in the UK, he's had a similar something similar too. So please, prayers and, and thoughts go to him and, and a speedy recovery. Now, uh, Wallabies lock Isaac Rodder's anticipated return looks to be put on ice after he injured a quad at Western Force training. Rodder's missed most of the last 18 months due to a series of fractures in his right foot, but he was named to play the Hurricanes in the opener again, uh, this weekend. Those plans are now up in the air after Rodder injured his quad in training. Just moments after the team was released, he's going to undergo scans to uh, get, see the extent of the damage. It's a big blow for them because captain and fellow lock Jeremy Williams is already being scratched out due to a concussion. So they're missing their top, two top locks uh, for this game now, the Western Forces. Does that change how you were going to pick uh, after 8 o'clock with Campbell? Um, oh, not, not, not a hell of a lot. Um, I haven't seen the rest of the squad, so I'll have, I'll have a squad over before we have a chat to, to Campbell. Um, but Isaac Rodder, he's a He's a big man. He's you know brings a lot of physicality for for rugby Australia. Um, you know they're looking for a bit of presence. He was that guy, so he'll be a huge loss for them. Um, but I'll take a look at the squads. I just think Western Australia Hurricanes, you know, tend to have slow starts to season. Travelling over a new coaching group, you know, haven't really been settled on their squad yet. So I just think it's it's a bit 50-50 at the moment. Mm. Um, playing in Australia, Western Force is, is always hard. I've lost here a couple of times for the Crusaders when we've been flying through the season. It's just not as easy as a task as probably people think. Well, it's interesting because I, 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 I see this, I can't remember who it was from the Hurricanes we were talking to. It might have been Corey Jane about um, they're going over, they went over last Sunday. So they've had mm. a, almost a whole week. And does getting the Force away week one actually going in the Hurricanes' favour because they're not having to back up and then travel and having a shorter period of time to adjust? Yeah, it's, that's probably a, a plus too. You know, you get a full week's preparation. You, you've probably got a lot of fresh players and faces. You get over there to acclimatise relatively quick in the conditions. Um, but in saying that, you usually get a week lead in anyway because you're either heading over, you're coming back from South Africa and you're playing them 
coming back, or that's what it was in the past, or you're heading over just on your venture to South Africa. So you're going to get that week's preparation no matter what. All right, there you go. Those are the Sports News headlines. The Bunnings Trade Expos are back. Register now for free on the Bunnings Trade website. It is 22 away from 7. When we come back, it's Reese Patchell. Now, Reese Patchell joins us from the Highlanders uh, via Wales. How are you doing, Reese? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us. How, how are you settling into the Deep South? Yeah, it's been good. I've really enjoyed my time here so far. Um, so, obviously, had a had a block pre-season before Christmas. Uh, the Christmas break, so nipped home to to Wales and to a fairly wet and drizzly, miserable Cardiff. But awesome to see the family and, and equally exciting to get back and and get started with the Highlanders. Obviously, we've had a we've had a, a decent preseason, which puts us in a nice spot for week one. Um, but we really find out what we're all about on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because I think it's been a few eyebrows raised about your preseason, uh, given that last season the Highlanders did struggle a bit. You got so many new signings, and you know, um, and you got Jamie Joseph there as well. So uh, it, it must feel good around the camp, you know, especially with so many young guys to put some confidence into them ahead of the season. Oh yeah, it's 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 great, right? Like, because work is a lot easier on a Monday if you're winning, mm. um, and and obviously we're we're trying to trying to build a new style of play and build a new team and 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 grow some cohesiveness. So so wins definitely help that. Um and and as I say, we'll we'll put it to the test on on Saturday night. Now in this part of the world, we kind of tend to think of, of first fives from the Northern Hemisphere as um, guys that like to kick a lot, that strategic, uh, you know, more strategic thinkers don't tend to run the ball or or pass it as often as our tens do. How have you had to adapt your game into that Highlanders environment? No, um, so this is this is a fairly interesting point, isn't it? Like we, we, you can't have an attacking game if you can't run the ball and you can't kick the ball. So. If you've got a good if you've got a good kicking game, it opens up a running game for you. And if you can run the ball well, it probably opens up a good kicking game for you. So it's pretty important to have a balance of the both, I'd say. It's that what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I suppose that's horses for course. Here we go. We're getting right tit for tat, yeah, aren't we? Um <laughs> I'd say I say it's probably it's probably horses for courses for what the team needs and what the what the opposition present you. Um I read a I read uh, a book around Steve Hansen, and he was saying you get your answers from the opposition, you get your game plan from the opposition, so we'll see. Yeah, that's interesting you, you say that. Um, you, you're working, obviously, uh, in the team environment, and there's a young kid who's got a lot of reps on him in Cam Miller. Um, what what have you seen in Cam, and have you how closely have you been working with him? Uh, he's doing all right. He's, um, he's a good player. He's got a high ceiling. He's got a lot of potential as Cam. Uh, works really hard, super diligent, Um and obviously he's got years ahead of him. So so hopefully he'll go on and I'm sure he will have a successful career. Um, really enjoyed working with all the tens and, and with and with Kenny Lynn as well, the attack the attack coach. He's got a, a really cool view of the game. Um, great salesman. So we're all we're all in on what Kenny wants us to do. Um and uh and yeah, very, very exciting group of uh, of half backs and also um the rest of the back line, you know, we made some great signings there. Um, the boys come down from the blues. They they're looking super exciting as well. Yeah, I mean uh, Jacob uh, Ratumai uh, Tavuki Nipkins and and Tamati Tavatavanawa certainly give you some explosive pace and some uh, some tackle busts, don't they? In, in that uh, in in the back line, um, I would imagine you'd be be licking your lips with the the prospect of maybe dropping some crossfield kicks on those guys out into the corners. Yeah, we'll um, we'll see. We just got to think. We've got to find an effective way of. They've got the ball in their hands. You're right. So um, they listen. They've been they've been super sharp in preseason. They've 
they've looked a million dollars. So, um, as you say, we've got to get the ball in their hands, but we can't just put it in their hands and expect them to do something. We've got to got to manipulate the uh, the opposition to to give them a chance of, of working some magic for us for us because they've definitely got magic in uh, in them. Now, I, I mentioned something earlier about you know how people maybe perceive first fives from the north versus the south. I, I really be interested to get your take on it, having been here for a while, uh, played some preseason football. Just how different is it, or is that just uh, a sort of a lazy rugby public sort of take? Um, I, I think that the the environment and, and the weather helps, right? Like this sounds this sounds really stupid, but the the example that I use is. It's very difficult. You play Connacht away, right? Connacht Galway is right on the west coast of Ireland. Next, literally, you walk one yard out to Galway and you're in the Atlantic Ocean and the wind comes in sideways. And in the middle of December, you can't play any rugby. So it's very difficult. It's it's difficult to strike that balance back home between having a very good running game, but also being tactically sound to be able to play those types of conditions. Whether it's so far, and I'm sure the wind and the rain is coming, right? Because everywhere gets a bit of wind and rain. But so far, we've played in the dry, which means you don't have to worry about your catch pass. You can move the ball really, really quickly, which which lends itself to the exciting rugby that, that Super Rugby and especially the New Zealand franchise is synonymous with. Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting to hear you say that because it's something that probably doesn't occur to a lot of people is you've got to play the conditions, right? And, and effectively, that's what you've had to do a lot of your career. Yeah, absolutely. Which is which is awesome because it probably develops uh, different parts of your game. Um, like I, I came from a school, uh, Glantav, um, famous Welsh school in in, in Cardiff. Welsh speakers, um, Jamie Roberts is probably the most high profile player that that's come out of the school. But we had a we had a real no kicking mentality, and that was the philosophy that that you were expected to run the ball and, and you were able to move the ball um, through the hands to, to to break down the opposition. So. I'd, I'd say I probably have been fortunate enough to to have the best of both worlds from the point of view that that was the initial grounding in the game, um, but also had to learn a fairly sharp lesson uh, once I got to, to to the senior game about being able to move a team around the field. Mm, yeah, that uh, the tactical part of the game that I talked about that you know I think you probably see things that other players don't. I mean, I'm interested to see how you match up this weekend against Moani. You've already played them in preseason. They went good first half. You came back, beat them in the second half. Uh, but they've named Danny Tawala at uh, fullback, who last season played played well. Last couple of seasons has played predominantly midfield. I don't think he's played fullback consistently since high school. So is that something you're looking at? I mean, because his positioning might not be all it could be at this level as a fullback. Oh, listen, he's a threat, mate. You put the ball, you, if you don't put the ball where you want to put it, you give him a chance, he's, he's going to make you pay. So um, I think we're well aware of, of Moana Pacifica's strengths and, uh, and we'll have to be tactically sound to be, to be able to, to nullify them. Now, a couple of people that I've talked to, including Kenny, uh, have uh, said that you, you hog all of the uh, all of the sunscreen at training. Uh, how are you adapting? <laughs> <laughs> how are you adapting to that? And is there any truth to the rumor that uh, Patches SPF one hundred is going to hit the market shortly? Oh, if anybody wants to sponsor me, that'd be great because a lot of my pay packet is going on SPF at the moment. Um, and what I would like to say, in a right of reply here to Kenny Lynn, is that I bring my own. So I don't have the team supply. I have my own secret supply that actually the lads are starting to dip into now themselves. Um, now, it's uh, it's it's definitely been something that I've had to be really aware of. I know it sounds really stupid, but ginger hair, fair skin, and New Zealand's got a pretty harsh sun. And and as, um, as Aidan Johnston tells me every day when I'm putting it on, nobody's harder than the sun. 
<laughs> that is fantastic and, and so true and mate just before we let you go we're in the middle of a six nations uh comp uh no no what w's yet for warren gatlin's team but uh from the outside looking in it feels like they maybe are ahead of the curve of, of the young team that he's developing there yeah they they um i think you probably you put the first half against england and the second half against scotland together and you're, you're not far off the game that that, that gats wants to play um, ultimately, if you're playing, if you're a young player, the only place you're going to learn is in the middle, and sometimes um, that can hurt you um, when you've got to play a load of youngsters all at the same time. However, I would be, I'd be really encouraged if I was the coaches, if I was in the squad, if um, if I was a Welsh supporter, which I am, about um, the way that things are shaping up, and you know, inevitably, it's going to take a bit of pain. But having said that, in four years' time, which is what everybody's building for. You look at you look at the age profile. You look at the experience profile. The number of caps that the squads could well pick up by then. I'd, I'd say that it's um, a real long term gain for Wales. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how they get on uh, this weekend, mate. Any any danger that uh, post Super Rugby season, given they're in Aussie, you might you might pop over either in the stands or maybe have, having a run. Ah, uh, we'll see, mate. We'll see. Um, I, they've got my number if they need me, but, I, but I'd say they're going all right at the moment. Good stuff, Patches. Appreciate your time, mate. Go really well this weekend and best of luck for the season, eh? Thanks, mate. You take care. Brad has texted through, is he, uh, after that Reese Patchell chat, and I mentioned Cam Miller. He said there's another young ten at the Landers who should probably be just as good as Miller and AJ uh, Faliafanga. Do you, uh, do you know much about this kid? Uh, he's, he's a kid that played up in Auckland. Uh, he's made the shift south. He's played for Otago a couple of times. He's 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 a good player. Played for New Zealand in the twenties. Um, very very talented. Don't know a hell of a lot about him, but I've heard his name uh, a couple of times on the airways that he has uh, a bright future ahead of him. Just needs a couple of opportunities, and those opportunities will come this weekend. It's Cameron Miller's turn to hold uh, the bench position, and you know how much game time he's going to get. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, huge, huge prospect, and it's you know you have to think that their team position down in the South Island's pretty, um, you know, pretty well taken care of. Uh, and that's a position that they've struggled with as of late. So, be good to see him. But also, I'm really looking forward to seeing Putty Putty Parkinson play. So, Putty Putty in the last couple of years for the Tasman Marco, been at the Hollanders, he's been really good. He got injured. He has, he's had major knee injury. Uh, down there in the, in the south end, or, or ankle, one of the one of the two, and this could be a year for Putty Putty to really make a statement, uh, particularly in a position that we've lost so much experience. Mm. Uh, I know he was really close to cracking into that All Blacks team, so he is starting in that lock position. What are you going to look for in Putty Putty is a big, lanky man. You won't miss him. He's probably the tallest bloke on the park, but he's a physical prowess, a physical man and he'll look to dominate in the collision area. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, he is a big body, and yeah, great to see him named in the starting lineup for the Landers this weekend against Moana. Coming up shortly, Paul Tito's going to join us out of the blues. Right now, here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range.
Good morning, welcome into your Friday on SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Coming up on the show, Paul Tito out of the Blues joins us shortly. We're also going to catch up with John Bracewell this hour to talk a bit of cricket with the second of the Chapel Hadley T20s tonight at Eden Park. And then after 8 o'clock from Rugby News, Campbell Burns joins us. He and Izzy are going to go head to to head and pick all the games this weekend in the opening round of Super Rugby. Plus, we've got a Love Racing update before nine with Peter Didham as well. It is all happening, uh, all happening for the Blues and Whangarei this weekend. They take on the Fijian Drua and assistant coach Paul Tito is with us now. Uh, morning, Paul. How you doing? Morning, guys. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. It's uh, uh it's going to be a, a, a great game, isn't it? Two teams who like to play running rugby. Uh, really looking forward to this one. It's a bit of a standout for the weekend. You know, it should be should be a good game, eh? Um, you know, the Fijians will be so much better for for their last year's work in, in Super Rugby and in the World Cup. You know, they've they've managed to hold on to a lot of those players and uh, they're big boys as we know, and they're dangerous when you give them opportunities. So. You know, we're under no illusions how tough it will be. Um, we're going to have to be very good at what we do. Uh, the collision area will be part of the big part of the game that we'll be, have to be very, very efficient in and making sure we're winning collisions and, and making sure we're recycling our ball. Paul, it's uh, your first time back in, um, in Whangarei as a Blues outfit since 2011. I think the last game was against the Cheetahs, mate. Uh, so what's been the focus this week getting back up into the regions? Yeah, I think that's what the rugby needs in, in New Zealand. You know, we need to be going out to these smaller provinces and, and spreading the love um, of the Blues. And, and you know, they've got a few boys that will be playing in there. Josh Berry is starting his first game. He's from up there. So we've got a few boys scattered in amongst our team that are that are proud Tanifas. Obviously, we've got a few more that are that are not on the team but all injured. So, you know, we'll get around the locals and, and get up here, for, get up there for captain's run today and... and Spread the word and, and get amongst the, um, the provincial teams. Obviously, there's a lot of um, Fiji contingents up there as well, so I think it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, spectators will get amongst, and it'll be, it'll be good night out. Yeah, mate. There's no uh, better memory of Rupini Davao and Buka running around up there in the north. So there's going to be plenty of support for the Fijian draw. But you touched on Josh Berry getting the nod over Lachlan McFanel. Uh, for now. Mate, uh, what was the reasoning by that? And can you tell us a bit about this kid? Yeah, we we had him last year and uh, as a bit of a training body, um, big big human, uh, more like mm. your traditional tight head lock. Um, up one eighteen, I was reading. Um, yeah, yeah, and a bit more potentially through the hips. He's a big boy, uh, good kid. You know, really wanting to learn and, and master his trade in in the dark stuff. So. No, I really thoroughly enjoyed working with Josh. Um, deserves his opportunity uh, from a from a really good preseason. Uh, on the back of a, a pretty good NPC last year too, got chucked into corner the lineouts, which um, most surely is a little bit early. But as as we know, is he um, jumping early and and single swim, and you know he's managed to rise yeah. to the top. And for his for his game, he's he's only a young kid, uh, and and we'll watch him with interest. It's interesting your locking combination, isn't it? Because I mean, Josh, as you mentioned, he's a he's a, he's a big body and and the he weighs what about 118 kegs, but he's for a lock at six two is isn't the tallest lock. But next to him, Sam Darry at six eight, you have to do a bit of work in the engine room with a scrum to get those two. So you, you you're not pushing one side more than the other. 
yeah, you know, you, you have it's, it's shown in the past that you know a big tight headlock is is critical to your scrum. Um, you know, I don't, I was, I was never invited over there, so I don't know too much about it. <laughs> so um, I was more on the uh, on the other side where you could just kind of get out of and and mix it up. But um, yeah, the old tidy lock's a pretty specialist position these days, and we look forward to seeing Josh how see how he goes on that side. Hey, you got uh, Vern Cotter coming in, mate, with um, some big experience, and I was with one of your your major supporters in share. Well, he's part of the group, Brett Russell from the Dominion Post Russell Group yesterday, and he was pretty impressed with how Vern's come in and and and, and stamped his mark. And and if I'm completely honest, Paul, preseason counts for nothing, but really surprisingly, you looked sharp as a group, mate. You must be happy, and and the way that Vern's taken hold of this group. Yeah, I think we're tracking all right. Um, obviously, no points have been up for grabs so far, like you say. But, you know, I yeah. think, you know, like Vern's been overseas, an experienced coach, and, you know, he's just got something different because he hasn't been he hasn't been here in New Zealand for so long. So, you know, he sees the game in a different way, uh, which I think is refreshing for, for obviously, the Blues, but all, all, also for the competition, you know. Just look at when we miss the, we're missing the South Africans just because they play a different brand of rugby. So... Mm. Um, I think it's going to be positive for the competition. Um, yeah, it's 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 not we're not reinventing the wheel there. We're just doing things a little bit uh, sharper and a little bit stronger. And hopefully you um, you'll see the differences on on Saturday. Do you think it gives you an advantage that Vern used to coach the national team of the Fijians, so you might have a bit of, of an insight as to where you can hurt them? Yeah, I think you know everyone knows. Um, how to how to beat the Fijians or, or, or vice versa, how to lose to the Fijians, you know what I mean? Like it's it's uh, they've been doing it for so long, you know what I mean? Collision area is going to be critical. Um, uh, limiting errors is going to be massive uh, because we've seen them, you know. What I mean, you give them opportunity, the ball going behind the backs or something, and they they normally pick that up and score because that's what they've been doing since they were five in the uh, on the road or or, or on the paddock is by their house so you know what I mean we're, we're, we know what, what's required and um, definitely Vince helped because he, he's got an inside scoop on a, a few of the players but you know I mean, most teams know how they're going to play I love the game Paul but I don't know if I love it enough to cut my finger off uh, just to continue playing the game Marcel Renata mate cut his finger off How's mm. he, uh, tell me about this bloke is he, is he okay? is he okay? <laughs> Yeah, no, no. He's had actually a really good preseason of Marcel. Was either get it yeah. locked, locked and loaded so straight, or yeah. off? What I understand, um, and locked and loaded straight would have done nothing for his bind and his scrum. So, yeah, he took the alternative option. Has he well, had no, to? Uh, every year since you were eighteen. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, definitely it would not happen for you. <laughs> I've told the story about Big Yellow, but I don't need to do it. Has he had to? So he's had to change his game. Has he had to change his the way that he goes? But I was watching um, a game for Auckland last year, so it was obviously causing him a, a, a hell of a lot of problems. Oh no, it was the preseason this year when he had to catch the ball, and uh, that was before I oh, yeah. knew he'd cut his fingers off. So has he had to really? That's, oh yeah, no, he dropped two. Work. He dropped two there. One one wide open, and then another one. Yeah, no, no. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So has he had to work um, differently on his game, or, or you know, adapt? I don't think so. Eh? I think he just had a shocker there. Um, <laughs> I think it was more just on his, um, more just on his buying. I think he said I had a chat to him about it. 
mm. just on his bind when he's binding up for the scrum. He said it just got, it's just obviously really different. You don't have that middle fella, and um, yeah, he's just got to adapt a little bit. But no, he's he's been good, Marcel. Um, be, you know, you get a good few minutes uh, on the weekend, and and we expect a lot from him. All right, mate. Just just in the regards to the hooker position, summary that she'll be all over. Um, the reasoning why you, you gave Kurt Eklund the nod over Ricky Riccatelli? Yeah, Kurt um, had an indifferent season with us last year. He most probably came in undercooked um, after a, yeah. after a really successful season the year before. So um, he's come in really hungry and and PB'd on a lot of stuff, and we just felt that you know his preseason was he led the way. We felt so. Uh, he he gets reward for consistent performances over the preseason. Beautiful. Now uh, well, it's a pretty um, pretty good op- opportunity when you've got two of the probably arguably the best hookers in the competition going for like for like. All right, uh, Patrick Tuipulotu, obviously a big loss. Um, what's his involvement looking like with the group? Is he still amongst it and helping these young locks out? Yeah, no, he's awesome, Patty. He's a true professional, and uh, he was my uh, Fijian coach yesterday, so he was. Uh, Doing a lot of the, the guys on the 23, they're prepping the boys for um, for what's expected up in Whangarei. So yeah, no, he's he's locked in, and um, and we look forward to monitoring him and, and getting back as, as soon as possible. Now, Paul, uh, earlier this morning we were talking about there was there was a story that James Fisher Harris, the Kiwis captain, had said that he thought Nelson Asafa Solomona would be the best leaguey to go to the WWE. And is he reckon that Gus Tauval would be there or thereabouts from a rugby point of view? How do you reckon he'd go? Have you got any other ideas? <laughs> Gus, oh my goodness, mate! He's, yeah, no. Well, hey, I'm keeping well out of this. Out of this <laughs> I just <laughs> thought the reasoning was no. Nah, the reasoning was is personality. You know, you, wrestling's important, oh, yeah. but you want characters out there. He can talk his way out of any situation. You know that, mate. It it, it collapses scrum. Oh, and it wasn't worry, his fault. I heard it first. I heard it firsthand yesterday. Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Quite similar, most probably you too. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out, Cut it out. Yeah. Hey, uh, j- just quickly, um, something different this this season with Super Rugby with that Dupont law that's been taken out of the game. Well, there's a conversation with Mark Robinson heading up to North to change some rules within rugby. If there was any rule that you'd like to tinker with for the better of the game, what would you say needs the most work? Oh, the one that really annoys me and is grey is the tap-down one. Like, for me, if you can't draw and pass and finish the try and someone gets a hand to it and it's just a knock-on, it's never a yellow card, it's never a penalty try or it's never anything else. It's a knock-on and we get on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what the intentional... Yeah, yeah the intentional... Well, I kind of said scrum resets. No, get rid of them. Get rid of them. If it goes down once, free kick it and we tap and go. Don't go back to the scrum reset. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like uh, who are you going to give that to? What's well, a lolly scramble on the? To? Yeah, well, it's a lolly scramble on the best, better, best of days, mate. So it's a guessing game, mate. Eh? Yeah, but it? that's why they're giving that. That's why they're risk guessing. So that's why he wants to, he wants to reset and put on down another one. So hopefully he gets the next one right. Yeah, give it to the people that have got the ball. Advantage for you having the ball. If you want to knock it on, you get punished. Move on. Okay then, but what about the opposition? What are they going to do if you, if that's the rule? They're going to play Go out. back. 
Scrum resets, slow yeah. in the game. Slow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, I get it, I get it, but it's still a, that's the beauty of our game, mate. We've got a point of difference because we can mm. we have these big fellas in our in our in our game. Yeah, but yeah, okay, we'll look I'll get you. Them. We can't just abuse them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got an outside back here that won't agree with you. All good, brother. <laughs> oh, uh, Paul, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Uh, I appreciate you uh, dealing with our questions. Um, good luck uh, tomorrow <laughs> against the Drua in Whangarei. Good luck for the season, eh, bro? Yeah, cheers, Paul. Hey, Get that boys, sunblock on, mate. SPH. Cheers, brother. <laughs> Sweet. There we go. Paul Tito with us out of the uh, out of the blues. What did you What did you get out of that? Is he? Um, he's not a wrestling fan. I, I got that much. Other than that, well, he had some bit of gravy on Angus Tut of our plan up at training yesterday. So I'm on the I'm on the right page. Uh, look, that is he's he's correct in saying that that is our point of difference, the scrum. And my my only concern is when you three minutes and you're stuck at the scrum. You know, I've been in games where I've been there and I'm, you know, I'm enjoying the break. But if I'm sitting on the stands, I am bored out of my eyeballs because it's just like slow, stop, start. So scrums, resets, there is a time and a place for the game, but there has to be a, a line in the sand. You know, like if it goes down once, we reset it. And I know they're doing this at the moment. But if it goes down again, they just got to make a move. And and when I say make a move, it's just free kick it, give it to the team that deserves it, and then you cannot set a reset. You can't go back to a scrum because then that's another two minutes setting it up and then another minute and getting it out of there. So if you go to a free kick, you got to tip, tap it or you got to kick it and move on. Um, just trying to think of ways to, to get this game moving. They have an important role. That is, otherwise, it'll just be touch with fifteen players, and you just get blokes that don't have size and, and body movements about them, and will pretty much be playing league. So there is a place in it for the game. Just trying to get ball, ball and play. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. I think it's a, it's a good point. It's a, an interesting one. Probably be... shouldn't have asked the Ford coach that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to get his insight. Like, like the, the, way, the, the way he came back at you, I thought was interesting. It gave us another perspective, didn't it? Mm, it did, and it, and it's that's what it's about. Thought provoking got me going. It's like, yeah, you did right. We need there is a place in the game for scrums for lineouts because that is our POD point of difference. Um, but I think the speed. The timings of those situations just needs to be improved. I'll tell you what, Paul Tito wouldn't have been a bad wrestler either, just quietly. Certainly not. He's, he's certainly pretty sharp with the... Uh, Paul the with big the re- red Tito. Yeah. Pretty sharp with the retorts. <laughs> Doesn't take a backward Mate, step. He's a hell of a character. Oh, he was the funniest bloke. I, I actually lived with a guy called Tony Penn. If you remember TP, yeah. he was a prop for the Hurricanes and... He was a funny old man. So I lived with Tony Penn. He was best mates with Paul Tito. And uh, so we hung out quite a bit. Paul Tito took me under his wing and, oh, the big the big ginge there at Hurricanes region in the Hurricanes Rugby Park there. And, yeah, it was good times. He's got some good stories about me. I'm glad he didn't share. <laughs> we'll get him on later in the season. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> Your reaction to that, let us know. Double eight, double three. Great day from Paul Tito and the Blues. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. A couple of messages through around our chat. Uh, about the rules of the game or the laws of the game and things uh, changes that could be made, particularly around the scrums. Radar's uh, sent a message through saying, my solution for scrums, 
The loose head prop keeps his outside arm on the ground, keeping it up. If it collapses on his side, it's a penalty against him. Okay. That's interesting. So keep your left Nah. Oh, yeah, it could work. Or whatever. Whatever's going to work to get scrums tidier, cleaner, and so we're not constantly stuck there for a couple of minutes. So I'm open for any sort of idea and solution. I know that, that that's not what referees are after. As soon as you put your arm down, you're going to get penalised and move on. So anything to keep the scrum up, you just got to re- remember and there's so much force. Like, oh, there are huge bodies going into that. And player safety is, is paramount. We don't want to lose sight of that and get to a situation where players are constantly getting hurt. But whatever we can do to keep the bodies up, off the ground so it's stable, and so we can just have a base to to attack off or defend off. So yeah, your radar, very fair point. Yeah, if you got a, I suppose if you've got a loose head either side with an arm on the ground, it's like stabilizers, right? And kind of, yeah. yeah, kind of may help, may help, be interesting. It may help, um, but I'm just unsure. I've never been in that position to whether him putting his arm down does that disrupt the opposition player? Does it make it even more unstable? I don't know. If you're being in a scrum out there and you're listening, double eight double three. Let us know. Um, would that be a solution to keep it tidier and uh, and so on? And look, I don't know. Like even the hit, that's where we get a lot of disruption. Is the yeah. hit when when both packs are going in and they're trying to win the hit, and that's where you get a lot of that um, that chaos. So I don't know. I'm just thinking now. Started square here. Do you just start set? I know they start relatively close, and then they go for the hit. Mm. Or do you just get in there? Pretty much as the hit, and, and the referee will say, you know, take strain and then get it like stable. Yeah, get the base, get base move. I don't know. All right, uh, mate, but mate. that's where we get a lot of the disruption is at the hit. Maybe we should try and get a Ben O'Keefe or someone on, or even a Mike Cron or somebody like that mm. to, to have a chat about this uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, it is Tradies Hour here with Night and Day. Warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee, starting at just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. And we've got a couple of games of T20 cricket coming our way in Auckland, uh, Eden Park tonight and Sunday. And uh, we've got tickets to give away. If you want to win some double passes to go to the cricket, just text us uh, S-E-N-Z and cricket, those two words, which day you want to go, Friday or Sunday, and your email address. So SCNC and cricket, Friday or Sunday, plus your email address, double eight, double three, and uh, you could score yourself a double pass to the cricket. And on that, John Bracewell coming up at mm. 7.40 as well. We'll talk more uh, to him about the cricket. Uh, where do you feel the series is sitting at the moment, Izzy? Oh, we're, we're we're underdogs big time at the moment. We uh, let that one slip, so they'll be they'll be pretty apt, pretty gutted about what unfolded on the weekend. Look, they've you know the the interesting scenario now is does Trent Bolt slip straight in? I think he does. Mm. I think you just got to give him a crack, even though he's uh, made his situation loud and clear that he wants to chase some cash and be overseas. But uh, we want to get a result against Australia and Trent Bolt bowling at the death. Um, having an opportunity to swing the ball. He's such a good bowler. So, you know, he comes straight in. Does that mean, is there room for Tim Southey? Well, Southey's out. So, so Southey's was, gone. So, so oh, yeah, Southey was only playing game one and, and Bolt was coming in for two and three. Oh, there you go. Well, that situation's been taken care of relatively easily. So he comes straight in and then, you know, Lockie Ferguson, Ferguson will get a, another crack, yep. rolling some heat. 
Um, so I think we're, we're sitting relatively nicely. I think with Tim Bow, uh, Trent Bolt coming in, making that decision easier, I think we've got a genuine chance for sure. Because batting, I don't think batting's the problem. Fielding, they were atrocious. Um, they were trying to get caught up in the T20 hype of being entertainers instead of looking after the first job and catching the ball and stopping the ball in the field. They'll take a lot of lessons from that game. Sort out the fielding. Sort out the bowling. You know, we, we didn't really have any consistent um, bowling partnerships. There was the odd ball. We didn't have any complete overs of bowling nice maidens or anything we near a maiden. We bowled four good balls and then we got dispatched towards the latter of the over. So bowling and fielding um, needs vast improvement. Otherwise, we're going to look to tear down another loss, another barrel. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. That's uh, Izzy's thoughts. We'll hear from John Bracewell in the near future. He's on with us before 8 o'clock. Here's Araha now with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Time for some sports news headlines. Get the Kenoth feeling with Ken Ards higher. And, yeah, the Tall Blacks have used a dominant fourth quarter, showing to earn an 89-69 win over Chinese Taipei in their first game of the Asia Cup qualifiers. New Zealand led by five heading into the final period. Then Ethan Rispatch really stepped up, scored 14 points in that quarter, including five of five shooting, including three, uh, four three-pointers as well. Uh, part of a 16-zip run that saw the Kiwis dominate Chinese Taipei get the win. Sam Timmons added 16 points and nine boards. Tom Vadonovich had 16 points as well. Dan Fotu 14 points and six rebounds. Well, Taylor Britt added eight. The Black, uh, Tall Blacks uh, shooting saw them go 32 of 55 from the field. Well, they hauled down a massive 44 rebounds compared to just 20 from the home team. They play Hong Kong on Sunday. And uh, you want Dynasty, how's this? Uh, possibly for one starting up, mate. Charlie Woods, the son of 15-time major winner Tiger, will compete in a pre-qualifier event as he bids to secure a place in the PGA Tour's Cognizant Classic next week at Palm Beach Gardens in Florida. The 15-year-old will play on an 18-hole event at Lost Lake Golf Club in Hobie Sound, Florida, one of four pre-qualifying sites. There's 25 players and ties from each of the four pre-qualifying sites advance to a Monday qualifier and from which four players will earn spots in the Cognizant Classic from Feb 29 to March 3rd at the PGA National Resort. Yeah, I saw this news yesterday and um, I was thinking, wow, <laughs> yeah, it's starting to take Take place, take traction now. Gain a bit of, but attraction is Charlie Woods. Seen his game, man. He's got a flush swing on him. He's a talented young kid. I guess the the question is like, there's just so much pressure when you're following in the footsteps of greatness, and there'll be those old debates out there. Is he being given these opportunities or has he earned these opportunities? So only time will tell. And Charlie is yeah already starting to to make a name for himself and. Now I'm looking. Oh, I'm actually really intrigued to see how he can go and compete in these these major tournaments. Right. What, what age is he already? Fifteen. Yeah. So I mean, wow. so I mean, length off the team might be a disadvantage for him. For you know, uh, at, at this, but I, I mean, he's played enough he's of those pro ams. He's he's pretty long already. Like yeah, yeah. I think um, he'd be okay. Uh, right, Rugby League news. South Sydney coach uh, Jason Demetrio says uh, the dimensions of the field for the Las Vegas-based NRL season opening matches are going to create a difference in the way the game is played. One of the key differences is the field is slightly smaller than the ones usually used in the premiership venues. Uh, he said it's going to be more defence-orientated and he thinks that the weather could play a part as well because it's going to be cool in Vegas. Uh, so their winter, obviously. Um 
the Vegas double hitter to open the season. It's got the Rabbitohs taking on the Seagulls and the Broncos taking on the Roosters. It's a five-year partnership. This is the first year of it. Um, and mm. every uh, team is going to b- make it to the US at least once. It's believed, reading here, the Panthers and the Warriors are going to be there next year. Oh, mate, imagine the New Zealand contingency that's going to get on a flight and go to Vegas. And you know the Kiwi mentality. We love to party and we take it a little bit extra. We go the extra mile. Vegas, watch out. You've got an influx of Kiwis, not only Kiwis, Warriors fans from Kiwiland, and they are going to hit it. Mate, that's awesome. I love that. That, that would be a game that I'd pay for to go and watch. Go over to Vegas. That's, that's the NRL Super Bowl. Imagine yeah. it. Yeah, huge, huge. It's going to be massive. And uh, yeah, book our tickets now for next year, I reckon. We might have to go over and commentate uh, it. Is he be good? Well, you never know. Like, we've got a really nice partnership with uh, the Warriors, mm. and we do a lot of league here on our station. So it might be part and parcel of the package of the breakfast team, Ricardo and Izzy heading over to Vegas and being a part of it. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, we just had a text come through from Jeff who said Charlie Woods has actually already played his first round. He opened with an 86. Didn't Izzy Dag and hit a 12, poor kid. Happens to the best. It does happen to the best, eh? I, I feel you, Charlie. I've been in that situation. I just in, I, I had a 13. So that's Ooh. one extra uh, than you, uh, Charlie. But, yeah, not, not ideal. He'll take a lot out of this. You know, like, it's different. It's different playing in those big competitions and big tournaments. Um, yeah. Not an ideal start. For me. Not an ideal start at Cheers, Jeff. all. Yeah, thanks for that, mate. Uh, for big jobs to even bigger jobs, keep the Ken Oath feeling with Ken Tire. And time for our Choices Flooring Poll as well. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. Uh, our poll today, what will the final result of the Black Caps Australia T20 Series be? Your options, 3-0 Australia, 2-1 Australia or 2-1 New Zealand. Go to the SEN app, find SENZ Breakfast, and the uh, and the, the poll will be right there for you to vote on, and we'll bring you the results of that uh, in an hour's time. Discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's Room View. Already had a text through uh, from Tom saying, Chapel Hadley, one up in a best-of-three series against the Convicts was doable. One down, having to win the next two straight. I don't think so. The boys blew it in game one. That's from Eastie. Yeah, fair point. They they definitely blow it. Um, if I'm going to be honest, and your only choices for Empire, I think two one to the Aussies now. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think look, if we can level it up tonight and get it to one apiece, gives me a little bit more confidence. But when you just get deflated and and it's you know you come so close, it can be take a lot of air out of the tyres. So. Yeah, I think it, I think 2-1 Australia. All right, there you go. We're keen to hear from you, and we'll hear from John Bracewell. He's going to join us next. John Bracewell joins us, of course, part of our call team for the uh, Chapel Hadley series and the Test series as well. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Yeah, good. That's a story, mate. That's a story. Uh, how are you feeling? You've, now you've had a day to digest what happened in Wellington, mate. Uh yeah, it was just, well, that's 2020 cricket, isn't it? I mean, and it's also small grounds, but the power of that Australian batting lineup, you know, when they've got seven ball hitters that can take a game away, it's going to make Eden Park an even more dangerous place for them to play. I mean, their weakness is, funnily enough, their, their bowling that leaks runs 
and yet it's such a touted bowling attack across all three formats. So uh, it kind of evens things up, and I suppose that's why the game went down to one uh, to the final ball. You know, it's that close. Bowling and um, fielding, or from what I saw, John, probably let us down, particularly in the field, were just uncharacteristic with a couple of drop catches and, and so on. And then with the ball, I felt like we lacked control. Um, can you see that being improved for, for match two? And what did that come down to? Was that pressure or was that just um, you know personal mistakes? Well, I think it's personal personal uh, mistakes in the field. Um, mm. You know, Tim, Tim Southey's starting to slow down. He's got great hands, but he's, yeah. he hasn't got that um, he hasn't got that injection to get to the ball as quickly as he used to. That that anticipation, um, you know, what what the mind wants to do and the body can't do anymore is starting to catch up with him. Um, Ravindra's, funnily enough, is quite a flat-footed fielder. Um, yeah. He's a fantastic batter, but he actually moves quite slowly, so he doesn't really move with with the ball. And sometimes, I think, funnily enough, um, some of our fielders are actually our outfielders um, are actually quicker than they're actually thinking. So they mm. actually almost get past the ball. Um, you know, they, they they spend most of their time running to it and not anticipating what they've got to do when they get there. Um, so, yeah, fielding needs a bit of a... Uh, well, needs a bit of a tidy-up. Bowling-wise, I just think they took to our spinners. Yeah. As simple as that. I thought our quicks were quite good. Uh, mm. Tim Southey's pretty, still pretty clever. Um, Milne and Ferguson, I thought, bowled equally, if not better than the Australians. Yeah. Mm. So I was actually quite encouraged by that. And it's very, very rare to see Satna taken down. Very mm. rare indeed. Yeah, it just it just looked like he, when he got it right, and even a shoddy, when he got it right, the bowling lines, you know, just short length outside off and getting a bit of turn of disruption off the pitch, that's when they uh, um, looked at their best. But then they were trying to bowl a little bit wider, and the plan I saw was bowling close to that wide line. Well, there was eight wides in that game, so that cost us eight runs in the end. Um, were the bowling yeah. plans, from a spinning point of view, were they right? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind that. Um, you know, if it is the plan, mm. and it is a risk, but it's because it's fine. It's such fine margins. Mm. Then I think a wide is acceptable. I mean, Australia, I think, bowled 13, didn't they? Mm. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the, the margins for punishment in these games on the small grounds are so great that it's actually worthwhile risking a wide and yeah. trying to get away with not being hit for six. Mm. What did you make of uh, of Santner's captaincy in the field and the way he rotated the bowlers? Like, uh, I know Ish got uh, punished and won over and he brought him straight back. Uh, then we had Milne look like he was really finding his rhythm, took a wicket and he took him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, well, one, they don't like to line guys up, but two, I think they were really concerned about what they were going to do going into the death with mm. the power hitters that Australia have. And if you're exposing one of your spinners in those... Oh, you there, mate? 
Might have just lost John Bracewell. He's sound like... get his spinners out of the way as quickly as he possibly could and seeing if he could get away with minimal damage uh, on the surface because it didn't really hold or spin, did it? it just, the ball really just ran on. So if you missed, you got whacked. Trent mm. Bolt, straight back into the, into the fold. What impact are you expecting from Bolte? Well, I see that control, um, mm. that variation. But also with the Australian technique, they stand and deliver. So that guy brings the ball back in under the, under mm. the bat, uh, swings the ball back in towards the pads. You'll notice that Milne predominantly tried to bowl um, in swing to the, to the right-handers. So I think that, that trying to get under and inside the swing, if you think about baseball, you try and get inside or outside the swing. Yeah. So our spinners tried to get outside the swing and try to lose, lose, you know, get the outside of the bat. But our quicks tried to go inside, um, especially with the Australians, the way they hold their bat and the way they swing. So Trent Bolt will be a big, a huge game changer. But having said that, so is Eden Park. So, you know, it's, it's the ground-dominated fields, unfortunately. Yeah, I was, I was just about to ask you that, actually. I mean, if uh, if we've got a small, uh, you know, if, if Sky Stadium's considered a small ground, what is Eden Park considered and how does it change things? Who do you think it suits better? <laughs> well, it, it obviously suits the power hitters. Mm. But, but if you think about, um, we go back to the Pakistani series, and Pakistan attacked that series where they just wanted to whack everything out of the park um, throughout that series, almost like they were trying to build a style to go into the World Cup, very similar to the way the West Indies played under Gale for, for so, so long, where they just weren't interested in, in ones and twos. They were only interested in boundaries and accumulating boundaries. So I think uh, Eden Park is a little bit like that. You know, you've ne- you never see a three-run at Eden Park unless it's an overthrow. Um, you can get in and stop twos from the fence, those sorts of things. So it's a one-boundary one field. Okay. And, and I think that leaves both sides fairly even. It's just what side can control the bowling for longest. All right, mate. John, before we let you go, we know you're on your mission today, so can we level it up? Can we level it up, get to one apiece and give ourselves a chance to win this Chapel Hadley's T20 series? Oh, New Zealand know this ground like the back of their hand, so they know the lengths and lines. Once again, if you go back to the Pakistan series, they bowled Mm. so well against Pakistan trying to smack them out of the park. They hit their lengths really well. They dominated... Um, they, their fielding was excellent. They tidy up a couple of things, and yeah, we're the better side. So I, I've got no worries that New Zealand can not only win tonight, but they can win again on Sunday as well. John, it's just just quickly. It's easy for me to say this, but why why can't we consistently hit the Yorker? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I know you've tried. <laughs> I'm trying heaps, and I was a rider, I reckon. <laughs> well, you had that slingy action. No, ideal for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, so, mate. So basically, so basically, why why don't we hit our Yorker? Basically, because I think guys, well, it's not that they don't practice it enough. 
It's such a margin of error that if you miss, the consequences mm. are six. Yeah. And, and, and you only have to miss. If you look at that uh, shot from David in the last, in the last ball, he only missed by probably two or three inches. Yeah. But yeah. David, because he was back in the crease, and he went back in the crease, he actually almost turned it into a half volley. Mm. Mm. Had he come forward to that ball, it would have gone under his bat. But he actually went back and then came forward. So it actually makes the Yorker um, harder to get under the bat now because the batters don't stay as still. And they don't generally come forward to it. So your Yorker's got to be now, you've got to adjust your Yorker to the batter as he moves. Whereas, before, yeah. once again, you go back to when you were bowling the nets, you know, the batters just stayed where they were. Yeah, yeah. They saw it was full and they moved towards it. So it got under the bat. They don't do that now. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it makes it it certainly makes it. it tough mm. on the on the on the quickies, mate. It's all risk uh, and a little reward uh, the way that goes. John, uh, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Good luck with the call tonight. I eh? have a good one. Yeah, cheers, Bryce. Thank you very much. Looking forward to it. Cheers, cheers guys. Cheers, John Brace will there with us. Uh, if you want to win tickets to go to either of the games Friday or Sunday, text SENZ Cricket and the day you want to go, Friday or Sunday, plus your email uh, address to double eight double three, and we'll hook you up with some tickets. It is six away from eight. Just checking the weather forecast, is he? Maybe mm. we should have put one all in as an option or two nil in as an option because there's showers this afternoon, but should be fine by the evening. But the uh, forecast for Sunday is cloudy with rain developing through the afternoon. Ooh, okay. Okay, so you reckon we might not get to three uh, T20s. So, yeah, well, it could be. Mm. I'm just more focused on um, uh, Izzy's investment because I'm in. <laughs> you are in, and we just need La Creek to get up uh, paying sixes. So it ain't my fault. No, it won't be your fault. It'll be all on me. Uh, coming up soon, though, we're going to hear what does he thinks is going to happen to the Super Rugby round one. He and Campbell Burns go head-to-head, picking the big games this weekend. Good morning. It is Friday. It is kickoff of Super Rugby as well. Both Alpeki and Pacific kick off today. We've got the Chiefs taking on the Crusaders tonight in Hamilton. Oh. Also, the Manawa take on the Blues. And on Saturday, Matatu take on Hurricanes Pua as well. So it's all happening uh, and we are going to get into it. Pip Morris is going to join us a little bit later from the TAB and uh, we'll get her take on uh, the, where the money is going and where the action is for Super Rugby from a TAB point of view. Also, Peter Didham for Love Racing and we'll catch up with Smithy uh, before we switch over as well. But right now, we are going to go through all the games with Izzy and Campbell Burns from Rugby News. Good morning, Campbell. How are you doing? Very good morning to you, fellas. Mate, uh, Campbell. You got a new you got a new magazine out, haven't you? Just in time around this time of the year for Super Rugby kicking off, and uh, you got all the squads and all the information about who's in, who's out. We have indeed, mate. Yep, that was on sale uh, yesterday, just in time for the kickoff. So all the uh, six New Zealand Super Rugby Pacific sides, plus all the four. Um, Opiki sides because it's only uh, one week away from kickoff as well. So uh, all, all in there, plus features on the likes of Hoskins, so Tutu and TJ Perinara. So uh, plenty there to, for 
staunch rugby fans to get their teeth into. Yep, plenty, plenty. What we're going to do, Campbell, is you and Izzy are going to go head-to-head today and pick <laughs> all the games uh, for yep. Super Rugby for the first weekend. But given uh, Izzy's on home territory and you're the visitor, uh, you get to choose. going to flip a coin here for you. Do you want heads or tails? Uh, I'll have tails, mate. Tails. Uh, let's see, it's flipping... It is tails. So, uh, do you want to kick off or do you want to receive? Uh, I'm quite happy to uh, to kick off, um, Ricardo. All right. Well, let's kick off then with you, Campbell. And the first game of Super Rugby Pacific for this season sees the uh, Chiefs host the Crusaders. It is a rematch of last year's final. How do you see it going? Well, yeah, interesting. Uh, you have to say the Crusaders have had a few injuries, um, which mm. uh, which doesn't bode well this early on. But then uh, looking at the Chiefs, I see they've lost Amoni Narawa. So other than that, the Chiefs have got a pretty much a full-strength backline. Um, and other than Samasoni Tiakiaho on the bench, um, it's a pretty good forward pack. So, um, yeah, look, I think the Chiefs would probably go in as uh, its slight favourites in this one. So... Um... What are you giving us? You have to you have to make a pick, mate, uh, and I want a margin as well. So you're going 1 to 12, 13 plus, Chiefs or Crusaders? What do you got? Okay, I'll go Chiefs 1 to 12. Chiefs 1 to 12. The TAB have got that at $2.50. It is the favoured option. Where are you going, Izzy? Uh, yeah, look, great to have you on, Campbell, and uh, appreciate your, your time this morning in regards to Super Rugby. It's finally here, and what a way to start, really. You've got the Chiefs, Crusaders, round one, bang, to kick off Super Rugby. Uh, yeah, look, it's been a hot topic of conversation now with Rob Penny coming in, a new era starting to unfold for the Crusaders. Not many predicting them. Can they get it done with argue, without arguably the best 10 to probably wear the red jersey? I know there'll probably be a big debate out there, but Richie Moanga, who really guided them to seven straight titles. They've got a young kid, Rivers Rehana coming in. You know, all eyes will be on him. And you look at the midfield, Dallas McLeod and Levi Omoa, um probably didn't think Levi would get a crack this early, but uh, with the way David Harvilly's contract says, he's been given a chance. Um, Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think that the Chiefs had been surprisingly pretty average in the preseason. I, I, I thought they would have been a whole lot better. Um, but it is only preseason, so we cannot get caught up. And if you look at the results as of late, I think the Chiefs have won three out of four, maybe even more, uh, in the last times that they played in round robin. So I'm actually going to say that the Chiefs will probably get up. They're going to get up. This weekend, uh, one to twelve. I know that's hard for me to say, being a fellow Crusader, um, but I just got to be honest here, and I, I think it. I, I think the Crusaders can win the competition, but I think them going to Hamilton first up, it might be a difficult task. So, I'm like you. I've gone the Chiefs under Chief, twelve. Chiefs one to twelve. Wash my, wash my mouth out. I know. Okay. Well, the winning team in margin market looks like this: Chiefs one to twelve, favoured at two fifty. Chiefs thirteen plus. At three dollars is the second favourite option. Crusaders one to twelve three seventy. Crusaders thirteen plus is paying eight bucks. Uh, that gets us on uh, to the first game out of Australia and the Brumbies taking on the Rebels. Looks pretty straight up this one, Campbell. Oh, I think so. Uh, I haven't looked too closely at this one, but I'm I'm going uh, uh, the Brumbies. Probably the best Australian side thirteen plus. Does that uh, sound mm. about right to you, Izzy? Uh, 
I, I don't think it's probably going to be that easy, that is that convincing. It's the reason I say it. They're playing at Amy Park. They've had a a horrible last couple of weeks, and you know, being a former player, if that was a situation where I'm playing for my life and playing for my career. I'm going to do anything possible. I'm going to go the extra mile to impress and to improve. Um, they are up against a pretty formidable side in the Brumbies. And you look at their back line, you've got Lonigan, who's arguably uh, one of the best nines going around Australia. Noah Lulaseel back in that 10 jersey. You've got Ollie Satsford, who plies the trade here in the Magpies. Lenny Ikital, who's uh, you know probably going to be playing for the Wallabies in that centre. And then you've got Tom Wright at the back, it was probably one of the form outside backs. So it's going to be difficult, but I actually think, I actually think the Rebels are going to get it done. Really? And I'm going to go Rebels, 12 Ooh. and under, at home, fighting for their lives. Tong and Thor going to lead the way. Andrew Calloway at the back, proving a point. Um, so I'm going to go the Rebels, 12 and under. All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, one. Uh, that's that's the first one you've differed on. Uh, the TAB market is the Brumbies 13 plus is the favourite option at 245. Brumbies 1 to 12, 280. Rebels 1 to 12 is his option. Four bucks that's paying, is he? So you might, might yeah. want to fill, fill up there. Rebels 13 plus $8.50. Uh, and then, uh, Campbell, we get to the game uh, that is at midnight. Uh, I don't know if you'll be uh, up watching this one, but the Western Force hosts the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes team uh, with a kid called Geordie Viljoen in the nine jersey that not too many of us know a lot about. No, well, it's, it's an interesting side they've chosen. Uh, Tyrell Lomax on the bench, uh, no Brad Shields. Jordy Villion, who's the fourth-string halfback, I would have thought, and he didn't even get regular game time with the Manawatu Turbos in the NPC. So uh, mm. I'm not sure where TJ Perinara is at, but they've got Cam Roygaard off the bench. They've opted for Brett Cameron at 10. Uh, he'll, he'll kick the goals. Um, Billy Proctor's 50th game. But I just, I'm uh, not entirely sure they've quite got the, 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 the side on the field to dominate. So I think this is potentially a very close one. And uh, I am picking the Hurricanes 1-12, to 12, but very, very close over there in Perth. So the Hurricanes 1-12, to 12, I think that's probably where uh, most people think it's going to go. I know it is where the TAB think it is going to go because the Hurricanes are 1-12 to 12 at 3 bucks is uh, is pretty good money. In fact, the TAB got Hurricanes 13 plus at $1.95. Izzy, where are you going? Uh, yeah, I'm, it's a difficult place to travel. Touched on it a couple of times playing in, in, in Western Australia. The heat, the conditions, you know, it's a, it's a different build-up. But you look at this side that um, the Hurricanes have put out, they've got um, X-Factor scattered throughout. You know, you look at the loose fortune, Peter Lakai, the number eight, you know, one of the best players for the Wellington Lions, and he's going to have an opportunity to play at eight. Devin Flanders is going to move to the sixth position, and Dupasi Karifi from signs that we saw throughout preseason has got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, the interesting position is Brett Cameron getting a nod over Aidan Morgan. You've got Harry Godfrey, that is playing for the second team in the Hurricane Hunters. So that is a position with the 9 and 10, like you already alluded to, um, Campbell. You know, Jordi Viljean, I don't even know anything about this kid, so I'll be watching that, uh, that position with interest. Up against the Force team, that's uh, a bunch of no-names, but there's some form players in there as well. I think the 9-10 position, arguably... Two of the positions uh, that where they're going to have a lot of X factors. You got Nick White, the big off off field signing from uh, the Brumbies. He's playing in nine position. Then you got Donaldson from the Waratahs that has made his shift to 
Western Force. Um, that'll be a position hotly contested. And then you got Chase Tietia playing for the Magpies on the left wing. Uh, and then you got Ben Fennell. He played 93 games for the Crusaders, going to come off the bench for the Western Force. I think it'll be close, but I'm with you, Campbell. I think the Hurricanes will get the job done. I, I think if there's going to be... There's going to be one result in terms of the Australians getting one over the Kiwis or getting, getting a nice result, and it ain't that one. So I'm going the Hurricanes 12 and under. That's paying three bucks, as I said, 13 plus $1.95. The Force, if you think they can do it on their home track, $4.41 to 12, 11 mm. bucks, 13 plus. And that brings us uh, to the Blues versus the Drua uh, in Whangarei, 4.30 kickoff tomorrow. I mean, I know there's a lot of uh, uh, eyes and a lot of talk about Chiefs Crusaders for, for various reasons, but this is probably the game I'm most excited about this weekend, Campbell. What do you think? Well, I'm thinking it's probably the uh, the easiest one to tip. Blues uh, 13-plus here. Um, they've had a very good season, and other than losing Patrick Tuipolotu, uh, they've put out their, their very much their strongest back line uh, from, what I can, uh, from what I can see. And Dalton um, Papali captain there. I guess a bit of pressure on Sam Derry now as the senior lock. Uh, Josh Berry, the other lock, uh, making his Blues debut. Angus Tauval, 50th appearance for the Blues. But that looks a pretty formidable side that's coming off a very good pre-season. So um, I think the draw will be uh, uh, will be chasing <laughs> and chasing Blue most of the day. Yeah, well, they, the 13 plus, as you said, is the favourite option in the TAB, $1.50. 1 to 12, 350. The draw, 1 to 12, 7s. The draw, 13 plus, 18. Do you give the draw any chance, is he? Uh, it's a hard one, you know. <laughs> I didn't uh, predict what the drill put out last last year, and they made it to a quarter final, you know. And on their day, they're just so surprising, and they can disrupt a lot of teams. I just think from the preseason, and you touched on it, you never take too much out of it. But I was really impressed with the way that the Blues carried themselves through the preseason. And one of those key factors is Stephen Perafetta being given that that the keys pretty much to this team. He knows where he's gonna his position in this team is ten. This is my team, and they're gonna build it around him. I think he looked um, classy. His combinations with Caleb Clark. This is our first, you know, real look at Rico Iwani and then Zan Sullivan at the back, who I think will have to make uh, big shifts and dominate that fifteen position. We know how good of a kicker he is, but I want to see more of a running game from from Zan Sullivan. Uh, yeah, I'll probably with Campbell here. I think in Whangarei, from what I've saw in pre-season, I think they'll be too good. It might be too cold. What are the weather? What's the weather like in Wellington, in, in Northland, Whangarei? Is going to be too cold because we'll be honest here. The Fijians do not like the cold. They hated coming down to Christchurch. They just wanted to get in and get out. And uh, I think uh, the Blues will win. 13 plus as well. 13 plus as well. Okay, you agree on that one. Uh, well, let's see if we can find one that maybe you don't agree on. Highlanders versus Moana Pacifica. These two met in pre-season, Campbell. Uh, Moana were up at the half and looked pretty good. The Highlanders fought their way back. Uh, how do you think it's going to go under the roof? It's a hard one to gauge because uh, I'm just looking at the uh, Moana team. There seems to be a lot of injuries there. Um I mean, they're still putting out a pretty useful lineup. I see Julian Savia's at 12. Uh, that looks as though that's going to be his position this season. So they've got a reasonable-looking back line. Uh, but they are missing. There's no Sione Havili Talitui. Um, there's no Solomone Funaki, who was captain last year. Uh, Kepu's still out. Um, so they, they, they have a reasonable side, but they are missing several players, and they've, they've been a bit dusty in pre-season. So 
whereas the Highlanders, um, who, who I thought might struggle uh, to even make the playoffs this year, have had a very good pre-season, um, and they've put out a certainly their best back line. They've got all their uh, X-factor that they've signed in the outside backs on there. Um, so the, the likes of Timothy Tabatavanawai and Jacob Rafumatavuki-Nitkins, uh, Taniele Talia, um, if he's over his injuries, is uh, slots in at number 13 outside Sam Gilbert, and is a pretty solid look to the four-pack, even though they've... Uh, they're putting out Jermaine Ainsley in the number 18 jersey. So um, interesting one there. I think the Highlanders will probably do it, but it won't be too much, probably only 1 to 12, but hard to get a gauge yet on that Moana team. Yeah, Highlanders 1 to 12. I mean, that is the second favourite option at the TAB. They've actually got the uh, the favourite option at Highlanders 13 plus at $1.90. 1 to 12, 290. Moana 1 to 12, 480, and $13.13 plus, is he? Yeah, um, I'm going for 13-plus for the Landers. I've been really impressed in the preseason. I think they've recruited really well. They've got an understanding of their, their identity, and I think where they beat the Moana Pacifica team, I think like for like in the back line, you've got William Harvilli giving the nod at the 10 position, Julian Savia, Pepisana Patafilu, who had a year down here in the Crusaders, Danny Tuala going back to a position he'd done so much and fullback at high school, um, I think it's like for like there, but the Fords is probably where the Highlanders get the job done. We know how much flair and you know that uh, Pacific Island flair that they teams have from the from the um, from the islands, but I just think um, the Cruci- uh, the the Highlanders, sorry, will be too good. Putty Putty Parkinson will lead the way. Billy Harmon, you know, arguably the most unsung hero in rugby in New Zealand, playing in that seven position. Hugh Renton, you know how dominant he is um, without the ball in, a, in an absolute menace. And then you've got Falau Fakatawa coming back in a nine position that's going to have a crack. So I just think the Hondas, from what I've seen and what I've seen from, from the Moana Pacifica, I think they'll be too good at home under the roof, you know, conditions. We had Reese Patchew on talking about dry ball, dry conditions. They want to play with it and try and run this team off their feet. So I'm going Hollanders 13+. plus. Okay, Hollanders 13+. plus. We've got a different pick there. Our last game is the Reds versus the Waratahs. This one at Suncorp. And uh, I don't know if you caught this news yesterday, uh, Campbell, but uh, Lalakai Fiketi is out for New South Wales. It sounds like he's had a bad neck injury. He had to be taken to hospital, uh, and he is still there. Um, so that disrupts the Waratahs midfield. What are you thinking in this one? Yeah, well, I think probably the home ground advantage uh, first up um, in this in this real grudge match um, in the Aussie rivalry. I, I think, I mean, the, the Reds have got a new coach in, in Les Kiss. Uh, should he was playing, uh, he was playing State of Origin back in about 1986. This guy, uh, but he's he's very good defensively, and I think so. He's he's coming for Brad Thorne, who laid some really good foundations uh, at the Reds. Um, so I'm I'm picking the Reds. Good match up at halfback. Tate McDermott against. Jake Gordon, um, but uh, I would think the Reds probably one to twelve in this one. Yeah, one to twelve uh, is the favourite option. Two forty-five Reds thirteen plus three ten three fifty the Tars one to twelve and nine bucks the Tars thirteen plus. Of course, a couple of uh, young first fives going head to head in this one as well as he. Yeah, I'm just having a wee look at uh, the Reds team. Yeah, good good opportunity to see a former Blues man played down here in the Crusaders too, Alex Hodgman. He's going to get a crack. Uh, see, interesting to see how he goes. Seru Edu in the locking position. You got Harry Wilson. Um, you got Tate McDonald. Type Tom Liner. Lina, sorry. And you got Suliasi Vunivalu. You have to say this is a big year for Vunivalu. 
Um, you know, big talks, big raps coming from league. Um, you know, he's been given very limited opportunities. I think this has to be a really standout um, season for Vunivalu. And then you got Jordan Pataia. Is he going to get a league? We have to wait and see. He's playing at fullback. Uh, this was a hard one to pick, really. I'm probably going to lean towards the Reds. I think the Reds at home... With that little bit of disruption at the at the Waratahs, um, you know, interesting yeah. to see what Nawakatawasi can can do. We know he's off to league, so I think the Reds at home be too good, difficult place to play. I'm going the Reds twelve and under. Reds one to twelve. You both go on the same. Yeah, just uh, one thing on this is that I thought is quite interesting. Uh, according to what I am looking at here, and I uh, unless they've they've got this wrong in terms of the way that they have printed it up. Um, uh, Tane Edmed uh, and Tom Liner going head to head. I think it's mm. two of the best young fly halves in the Aussie game. So uh, it's going to be interesting with, you know, as you mentioned, Jake Gordon and, and Tate McDermott inside them, two experienced halfbacks going at each other who are battling for the Wallabies jersey and, and two of the up and coming tens. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, and of course, that, uh, that number 10 jersey for the Wallabies is probably wide open given that. Um, uh, Carter Gordon uh, was was Eddie Jones's pick, but I think uh, I think Joe Schmidt's going to come out, uh, come in, and uh, undo a lot of what Eddie tried to do last year. Um, so where does that leave that number ten jersey? So Noah Lolosi is one option, but in behind there's Ed Med, there's Ben Donaldson who went to the World Cup, um, and and these sort of players. So it's uh, and, and Tom Liner, um, son of uh, son of the great Michael Noddy Liner. So. Uh, there's some there's some options there, but who's going to stand up? Is it going to be Carter Gordon and a team that's probably facing the wall and won't be there next year? Uh, be interesting. Yeah, it will be. All right, gentlemen, that's our picks for the round. Uh, but given it is round one, get the crystal ball out. Campbell, who wins the whole shooting match for you from here? <laughs> well, gee, uh, <laughs> I think only three teams can win it, the Crusaders, Blues and the Chiefs. And by June, I'm going to go the Blues. Blues. How about that? Okay, all right. The big call. Uh, Izzy, I know that would hurt you. That would hurt you a lot. But go on, give us a shout. Who do you think is going to take the whole <laughs> well, thing Well, I've out? picked the Chiefs already to win today, and I'm not even going to go make my bed and sleep in it and go against my team. I'm staring at a Crusaders flag. My pango, my fiddle, Crusaders. Again, eight peaks. There we go. Good stuff, Campbell. Thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, you yeah, can't wait to get stuck into the magazine. Yeah, cheers, Campbell. All right. Cheers. There we go, Campbell Burns. Uh, yeah, I mean, is he looking through that uh, that opening round? I know you're a mm. you're a Crusaders man through and through, but is is that the game you are most looking forward to this round? Oh yeah, tonight seven o'clock. Um, uh, look, I think we can compete. When I say we, I mean the Crusaders. I think um, you know, but this is the Chiefs team back at home. Damien McKenzie at ten. The the midfield pairing Anton and and Quintu Pyre. The only little downside is they got um, uh, the fa- uh, the young winger that's playing for for the Chiefs at the moment. I can't remember his name, Fabian. Um, so yeah, I, it'll be close. It'll be close. I'm just I'm just picking with my head here, and I think the Chiefs will probably pip them in the end. I hope I'm proved wrong, and I am the stopper of all things. So maybe I'm going to stop the Chiefs. Maybe uh, in that case, uh, do you want to reply to Cam from Cambridge's text of? Uh, yeah, well, do you want to do you yeah. want a box of beers on the game? Is he? Oh, look, I don't want a box of beers. I don't drink, and I don't drink, so I don't want that um, other box. But maybe a little little bonus bet to my account. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll play to that, eh, Cam? There you go, Cam from Cambridge. But I've taken that, the Chiefs. 
And you've taken the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, but you support the Crusaders, so he's myself, just saying, yeah. like, you know. Okay. All right. So what do I get for that Bears now? Because I won it last year, and he hasn't even stumped up. <laughs> he went quiet for a while. He came from Cambridge. Box of Heineken 0.0s. Yeah, 0% is all right. All right. Cheers, but There you go. All right, done. Uh, we'll do this every week here on the show. Izzy will be up, a different, up against a different guest every week, picking uh, the Super Rugby games for the weekend. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Let's get to our choices flooring poll results. Revive and redesign your homes with spaces for living. We said, what's the uh, final result of the series between the Black Caps and Australia going to be in the Chapel Hadley? Your options, 2-1 New Zealand, 2-1 Australia or 3-0 Australia. And here are the results. Uh, the winner at the moment, 2-1 Australia, 43%. 2-1 New Zealand on 34% and 3-0 Australia on 21%. So uh, mm. pretty pretty even split across uh, but all three results there. Transform your home with spaces for living, revive and redesign sale at Choices Flooring, offering 20-plus discounted styles. Uh, you can check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz as well. Bet safely R18. Pip Morris from the TAB is with us. G'day, Pip. How are you doing? Good morning, Ricardo. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Did that poll sort of reflect where the money's going in the Chapel Hadley? Yeah, it did. Absolutely. It's kind of split. Kiwi's still backing the Kiwis, but there's still a lot of money on Australia as well. So, yeah, it did definitely reflect that, which is interesting, actually. Yeah, it is, mate. It is. So the other thing that's really interesting is Super Rugby. It is back, and tonight, uh, Chiefs Crusaders. Uh, what is what is the money telling I'm you there? I'm it. I'm copping it from my family, from everyone. <laughs> there is only one team, one team that punters want tonight, and that is the Chiefs. <laughs> there is no money on the Crusaders. It is all the Chiefs, and Sean Stevenson, the most popular first try scorer. And the Chiefs are the best fact in the outright win market as well for the whole comp. Wow. There you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, is he had it? Uh, See, you, you've I, got a look on your face now that you think that me, that's going to go your way. <laughs> look, it's all part of the plan. You know, I've got some hidden agenda about what I've done here, and I'm copping it from all parts of the globe. My family's disgraced that I've come through and picked the Chiefs, and I said it's all part of the plan. Just wait and see. I just think the Chiefs they, they'll be they'll be you know confident that they can redeem themselves. They've got a bit of heartache, heartbreak from last year. And um, they've beaten the Crusaders, I think, three out of the four last times they've played in, at home. So it's, it's a difficult place to travel. So, yeah, look, punters know a few things or two, and it's going to be a good game. What, what about the margins? 13-plus uh, Chiefs getting anything, 12 and under Chiefs? 13-plus has got about 40%. They still don't think they're going to get... Uh, the, give the Crusaders an absolute hiding. So 1 to 12 is probably the best back in there, but there is still quite a lot of money on them, 13 or more. And it's interesting that even in the outright win market for the whole comp, it's actually the Highlanders that are the second best back, then the Blues, then the Hurricanes, and then the Crusaders. So I don't know why uh, punters have all lost the faith in your men, is it? Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe they're just getting caught up in the media conversations. We don't know. We yeah. don't know. But anyway, I had a bet yesterday, and I picked Spread the Love for Izzy's investment at Addington in race number five. Spread the Love. Got a $1.75. So you'd be proud of me and the dogs. Oh, look at that. Jeez, I'm proud. <laughs> That's a good bet. <laughs> 
Now, uh, that's come through. The story is that Izzy picks one bet, I pick another bet uh, that get texted through. And if they come through, then the people who have texted the bets through get paid. Mm. Uh, the one I picked was La Creek at six bucks to win. Uh, what do you think? Look, if she bought her best form to Otaki, she could certainly win that. I see she gets a rider change too. They're just going to bring her a little bit more forward, Ricardo. But look, Desert Lightning's in great form, but $6 mm. maybe. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm confident for you, but she could win that race at her best. Okay, all right. What about, have you got any other oil for us out of Otaki tomorrow? Yeah, well, it is Desert Lightning who's taking 50% of the turnover in the wait for age. Then La Creek, though, is the next best bet. So if that gives you any confidence, and Panchora as well for Robbie Patterson. And then, of course, at Matamata, it's Breeders and Slippers Day. A lot of the Matamata trainers are usually the ones that pick up the wins on their home track. And Alabama Lass for Ken and Bev Kelso is the best backed in the Breeders with 65% of the turnover on her. There was $1,000 placed on at the 3.2. Captured by Love for Tiara. Arkell, though, she's definitely the next best back, and then there's not much support for anything else in that field. As far as the slipper goes, it's all about move to strike for Tiakau. He's the best back on the card. 7500 put on him at $2, another 5000 at 230 and then another 2000 at 220 He's into $2 now, uh, and the blinkers go on, so he looks like one of the best bets on the program. What about, what about, and I think I'm just trying to find the race, where is it, and the Kaimai Stakes at Matamata on Saturday, is it Saturday, uh, I'm just trying to find the race, sorry, uh, Magnifique, who I backed a couple of times, is that taking anything? She certainly is. She's the best backed in that race. I mean, if you had a look at her last time at Tohatanika, she was flying home over the mile. So back to 2,000 metres, if they've got her back to her best, she should be winning. I think, what, she was around $4.50? Mm. Yep, she's uh, $3.80 coming in from 5 bucks. The only reason I say that is I had Magnificique for uh, Anchor to win plenty on a multi, and that was in Wellington. I think it was heading before, before Christmas, and it was leading... Well, it was the hottest horse in New Zealand shores, and it ran last. So hopefully it comes right and gets the job done. McNabber on top, and hopefully going to get us played. And we've got Pete Didham coming up on uh, on our Love Racing next, so we'll have a chat to him again, an update. I'm sure he'll tell you what went wrong at Wellington. I know they were scratching <laughs> their heads, but it sounds like she's certainly come back, is he? So definitely follow Minifique, and yeah, she's the best fact in that. And, of course, we'll have the bonus back, too, on the first four races from Matamata and Otaki as well. All right. Well, all those winnings this weekend, Pip, that you get, you're sure to, you sure to uh, scoop by, by what you're saying, uh, put them aside, because word out of Australia is Las Vegas next year for the NRL first round will feature the Panthers and the Warriors. Stop it. <laughs> 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 better now, better back some winners. Yeah, better do, mate. Better do. Thanks very much, Pip. Go well. Have a great weekend. Cheers, Pip. You too, guys. See you later. Cheers. Uh, check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. It is Love Racing up next. Time to kick into some Love Racing. Saddle up for the Grand Tour Racing Festival. Peter Didham joins us. Uh, good morning, Pete. How are you doing? Morning, all. Got a big weekend this weekend, mate. Mm. Yeah, mm. we've got uh, one at Matamata and two at Otaki and three at Castle Point. Yeah, that's right. I will c- quickly t- touch on Castle Point. I know it's a pretty historic place. Um, Castle Point Beach races 150th anniversary dating back to 1872, Peter. Look, uh, got cancelled 
last couple of years because of COVID and situation. But you've been along, mate. What, what, what's so special about this day? Oh, it's a it's a great thing. The local community and all the Wellington people in Wellington come out and look. There's a lot of fun things for the kids during the day. There's about six races. Kevin Myers takes about thirty horses over, and it's just a fun get together. We're actually heading over today, and there's a cow cut tonight in the old wool shed. And yeah, it's a it's a great sort of couple of days. What about like I've just done some some reading here, and we've got a an awesome shout out to Katie for for helping us out. But the two dollar tickets you can buy. Uh, aside from the betting, normal punt betting you can have. Yeah, you get, you get a random number, though. So you, you go and buy a ticket, and you might get them a four, five, six, or seven. So it's the old equaliser days they used to have years ago. I mean, you used to have the race probably before your time. <laughs> Beautiful. Great little initiative. Sounds like a fun day out. But you've got Roughhouse, Rosie, Fabian, Hawk, and Gumbasher heading along, mate. What are their chances? Oh, they're all good chances. Uh, one of my owners actually was his idea. He said, I'd really like to go and have a go at the cup with Gumbasher. And look, she's a cool little horse that runs around the poly. And those three horses are all getting ready for when there's a cut in the track coming up in the next month. So they've been down the beach and had a play down the beach and they loved it. So a couple of my staff are riding a couple. And um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. There's a whole group of us going. And look, I was just trying to find a place where Robbie Patterson wasn't going so I could win a race. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, mate. He's been on absolute heater. And a shout-out to your stable too, Dids, because they, they tune in and, and they, they send us the odd uh, tip here, here here and there, but I haven't had one for a while. So maybe this weekend's the time, and I want to talk to you about Magnifique, probably the most hotly anticipated horse going around, particularly leading up to Christmas. I got on, the reason I talk about this, I got on and I had a multi that from Magnifique. There was anchoring plenty and it went out in Wellington and raced the way it did. But we don't have to bring it up. How's Magnifique tra- uh, travelling at the moment? Yeah, look, I'm really happy with um, her last run at Srinikau. I don't, honestly don't know what happened at Wellington. I don't know what sort of day it was or something went wrong. But we couldn't find anything. She was checked out and there was nothing there. Whether it had just done too much and peaked to a start before. She was so dominant when she won with that brilliant turn of foot. So... I backed off a couple of weeks, started at Trinity the other day. It was a huge effort. I mean, another 20 yards, over 1,600, she wins. So um, I'm expecting a really good run in the um, Matter Matter race tomorrow. And you got Nabba on top. So what's the conversation uh, been for Nabba? When you look at the horses that will be racing, there's a bit of a competition there. you got Arby, you got Contribute, uh, ridden by uh, out of the Robbie Patterson's stable. What's the perfect race for Magnifique to get up? Oh, look, Michael rides so well, and he really, really likes him. I mean, he was quite keen to stay him and ride. He, I mean, he's a great one at Otegan and He probably could have got a ride, but, I mean, he's got some good rides at Matter Matter. And it's, it's a little tricky track, um, but that's his job, not mine. I don't tell him how to ride it. He's ridden it lots of times, and he really enjoys riding it. So, I mean, I'd love to see a drop in midfield or just find midfield somewhere and see a burst home. And, look, it's a listed race. It's $80,000, and then we can sort out from there whether we have a crack at the big bone crusher or whether we go to the Travis Stakes and things. But her year will be next year, but she's certainly exciting. Um, she has a lot of starts, and she's, yeah, she's got it all there. Beautiful. All right, what about Otaki? You've touched on earlier. and On Saturday, you got Dan Duro in the first, and uh, you got voiceover in the third. Any uh, confidence yep. to lead our punters into uh, no, I can't. Sorry, Dan Drew's a, a funny horse. He's 
I think he's a really good horse. I just uh, he's an average track worker, so he's really hard to get a line on. Um, I thought his trial was a bit average the other day. And look, his three runs going into Christchurch was super, and I think he will be a good horse and a good stayer. Um, so no, I can't tip it in there, but I'll get a line from uh, Joe Doyle where I'm going with him after Saturday. And voiceover, he could walk under your coffee table. He's that small, but he's got a big heart. He tries hard. Um, so he's a he's a top, he's a top three chance, but he's a he's a cool little horse. Good great group of owners from the um, down Christchurch. Really enjoy racing them. So, a bit like myself, with a couple of my coaches trained like Jane during the week, but you know, could potentially play like Tarzan on the weekend. Oh, were you one of those players, were you? Okay, you're hard to coach. <laughs> yeah, so hard to train, mate. Hard to hard to give us any idea. Hey, uh, hey, Pete, we appreciate you coming on the show, mate, and, and sharing some insight for the weekend. I'm really looking forward to seeing. Magnifique, um, seeing how uh, he's been able to go on the weekend. All the best and uh, enjoy Castle Point Beach Thanks races. Should be there. We'll see, if we can, we'll see if we can get a video of Castle Point for you. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. I appreciate yeah. that, Pete. Right. Go well, mate. Have a great weekend. Off. Yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. Just having a look at uh, Otaki Race 1, uh, because uh, Kevin from Titarangi has steered us into something there that he likes. It's only a small field. It's only six horses. But you look at the, the spread. Is it's, even, it's even tough to put together as a, uh, as a, as a box Cornell or a box trifecta because everything is so tight. You've got Talisker running one with Vinnie Coglin on board at 220. Solidify. Four uh down into three twenty from four twenty. Danjura, you just talked about at sevens. Malaki at sixes, it's an Alan Sherrick horse. Bozo at sixes, it's Kevin Myers horse. The uh, the outlier is Hanalei Star, which is paying eighteen. So uh yeah, I don't know, it's a it's a tough race looking at that one. Yeah, it is. Um Danjuro what gives me a confidence in that is Joe Doyle, the Irishman. He's he's a pretty talented jockey. And he's winning plenty at the moment. And then you got uh, Malaki, written by Matt, Maddie Cameron, Al Sharrick. So, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like it's going to be a tough um, uh, tough weekend, but we just can't look any further than the race seven in that meeting. you got Pantura. you got Aegon, who's come back from Australia and been pretty disappointing, really, written by Kozi Asano. And then you got Desert Lightning that, uh, that beat um, Legato. In the Caraca Millions, Vinnie Colgan rode the perfect race, got out in front, and nothing from the back was coming through. So Desert Lightning paying $2.50. Ladies, man, out of the Al Shakes, your rock stable, and our very own, La Creek, hopefully going to get, well, our listeners paid. I've done my job. Now it's up to you, Rick. That is up to me. Uh, we are eight away from nine o'clock. Ian Smith joins us shortly. That was your Love Racing update. Loveracing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles and more. It's three away from nine o'clock. Double eight, double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. A couple that have come through, uh, Smithy, uh, in relation to Izzy picking the Chiefs one to twelve tonight. Izzy saying, I think we can compete regarding the Crusaders. Oh, my God, from Jared. And keep the faith, Izzy. <laughs> Crusaders team with no expectations versus a Chiefs team with high expectations could well mean a gutsy Crusaders 1-12. to Get up, you good things. That one from John. Uh, is, are you as surprised as the audience about, Smithy, uh, about Izzy's prediction, Smithy? He's thrown up the white flag, hasn't he? Pretty early in the piece. They haven't even played yet. I mean, no, Rob, I haven't poor old Rob. Yeah, put your faith in Rob. Rob Penny is a good bugger. He's, he's he'll be a good, very good coach too. I'll play for him. Yeah. Come on, is oh, he? 100%. Yeah, no, nah, no, I haven't thrown at the rifle. I said we'll win the competition, Smithy. I just think we might drop one, and this one we might drop oh. to start the campaign. Oh, okay. I picked, picked us to win it. 
Yeah, fair enough. I have. To, I have. I've actually picked the Chiefs to win tonight. So there you go. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. So, well, we'll be. <laughs> we're going to be talking to. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Justin Marshall just after nine o'clock as a preview to that. Uh, what does he make of his new look Crusaders? So uh, we'll talk about that and uh, the other games coming up this weekend featuring New Zealand sides. Ricardo. Yeah, I was going to say, well, how do you fancy your Canes away in Perth? Hmm. I think it's a banana skinny jo- job mm. because I think. You know, the Forcer are a kind of side that they they might have prepared very well here and they might just think, uh, without Brad Shields, there's a hit on here and, you know, they can make an early statement. Long way to go to Perth. I think there's an element of danger about it. Uh, just put it that way. All right, mate. And uh, what about Eden Park tonight? I mean, uh, you know... Come on. Can, can the, it feels like we threw away an opportunity to get uh, that mental edge on the Aussies. Do you think we can climb back in tonight? Look, we're going to have to play uh, a tad better than we did the other night, so which means we're probably going to have to get it over 200 again uh, and uh, just be a little bit more accurate when it comes to the bowling exercise towards the end. But, hey, look, uh, it, it's a, it, I won't say it's a toss of the coin because I, I think Australia, man for man, are a more powerful side. Eden Park brings out a lot of surprises, particularly in cricket. Done some great things at cricket over the, year on, uh, uh, over the years on that surface. So I wouldn't be writing the black caps off, but if you said to me I must have a bet on it, the visitors. The visitors. All right, mate. And uh, what else you got coming up on the show? All oh, right. We're an interesting show. We're going to be talking to Andrew McKenna. Now, Andrew McKenna is out of England. We've had him on the show before. He covers two bases, Six Nations rugby for us, but also he's a talk sport cricket commentator. And mm. England play nice. against uh, India at Ranchi starting at 5 o'clock this evening. So we've got that. Uh, we'll be talking. Also, have you ever been to the Castle Point races, you guys? The beach races? No. No, we just spoke about it to Peter Didham. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, so we're going to be talking to Charles White. He's the president of Castle Point. Go well, Smithy. Have a great show and enjoy your weekend, everybody.